When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Day, live from the Toolkit Depot Studios at Optus Stadium for Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. As Phil Linnett from Thin Lizzy would say, the boy is back in town. He certainly is. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome to 2023. Welcome to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Great to have you on board, those people listening on SEN 657 here in Perth. Great to have your company. I hope you brought in the new year in the best possible way. And can I, on behalf of everybody, the Sports Day team, with Paul Heath, my producer, and yours truly, wish you all the best for 2023. And, of course, we'll focus on sport and we'll focus on the big events right during the course of the year. But saying that, uh, as they say in the classics, sport never stops and it doesn't stop. And during this festive period, there's plenty happening. I just actually came back from RAC Arena. I was a guest of Tennis West and Brett Patton, which is great, the CEO of Tennis West, who, by the way, is going to join us a bit later on in the program to talk about the United Cup that is currently underway at RAC Arena. Today it was Greece against Belgium. Uh, we've got the Australians doing battle in Sydney. Uh, they're the feature there. And as we know, there is plenty of activity up there in Brisbane. They're the three capital cities contested the United Cup. Alex Dimonor, by the way, last night caught that on the tube. Uh, first ever win over Rafael Nadal, 366175. Uh, over the world number two in Australia's first leg match against Spain in that United Cup. Cam Bancroft is an interesting prospect when it comes to the Perth Scorchers. As we know, the Perth Scorchers are in action here tomorrow night. Looking forward to calling that game and hope you can join us straight after Sports Day. We'll do Sports Day between 5 and 6 inside Optus Stadium and then we'll get into the call and I'll be joined by Brad Hogg. But Cam Brancroft, uh, very good against the Melbourne Renegades in the last match, but he hasn't played regularly. You think once Faf de Plussie goes back to South Africa after nine matches for the Scorchers, that Cam Bancroft will be a regular heading towards the business end and hopefully the finals for the Perth Scorchers. He scored 46 from 32 balls in the Scorchers' five-wicket win against the Renegades. As we know, the Scorchers currently sit on top of the table. They're two points ahead of their upcoming opponent, the Sydney Thunder. So uh, we look forward to that, and we look forward to speaking to Cam Bancroft. Just some other sport. The Test match gets underway in Sydney tomorrow. It is the third and final test. Uh, The South Africans are playing for pride, you would uh, have to think, because they've been very disappointing in the uh, test, two test matches so far, the ones in Brisbane and, of course, the Boxing Day test match there in Melbourne. Dean Elgar spoke, uh, the captain of the South African team today, 
And this is what he had to say about their performances in the last two tests. Definitely, I think, um, yeah, I think talk is cheap at the moment and we need to go out and perform it. And I think actions is, is where we are at the moment. And we, we really got to make amends for our positions that we have within the side. Um, yeah, very frustrating. Just purely knowing that uh, what we've brought along from a squad point of view, those players are, are really talented. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it hasn't gone our way this time. But uh, I still feel there's a lot to play for in this, in this third test, uh, playing for a lot of pride playing for the potential position in the, in the final of the WTC. Uh, so, yeah, still a lot to play for with regards to this game. Yeah, WTC, the World Test Championship, is what Dean Elgar, the opening batsman and captain of South Africa, has to say. They've been a trifle disappointing, almost as disappointing as the West Indies, who he saw firsthand here at Optus Stadium in the first test of this summer series. Test cricket, interesting, uh, interesting in the sense that and I'll come back to it. Channel 7 and Foxtel have signed a long-term deal with Cricket Australia that takes them through to, the, I think, the 2030-31 season. I'll come back to that in a moment. like to get your thoughts on it. I've certainly got my thoughts on, on the deal. But anyway, Josh Hazelwood spoke today on Lance Morris, the West Australian tearaway quick. Now, I know Mark War and others are saying, let the guy go. Uh, there's nothing at stake. Australia have won the series against South Africa. So just let him rip. Let him go for it at the SCG. This is what Josh Hazelwood had to say about the young West Australian quick. It's just the, the raw pace. Um, usually when you get that in the youngster, it, sort of they spray him around a bit. But his accuracy, is, it's, it's very good for that sort of pace. Josh, just back to Lance. Have you faced him in the minutes? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's quite a number of guys on my not face list. And he's, he's at the top of the tree, I think. Yeah, and saying that, uh, Josh Hazelwood, who missed the last Test match due to injury, was also asked whether he will be selected for the Test tomorrow. We haven't had the final selection yet, so I'm available for selection. So see what takes uh, see what takes care of itself. Does a big grin suggest though that you are likely? Um, <laughs> I'm not 100 sure. No. Okay, so he's not 100 sure, but he's declared himself fit. Pat Cummins, the captain of the Australian cricket team, also had some advice to the new players that may get a Guernsey tomorrow in the third and final test? I think it's, you know, the same advice to everyone is just, uh, you know, you've been picked for a reason, just be yourself. Um, just do it your way. We're all here to help you. Um, we don't want you to try and bowl like Mitchell Stark or Cam Green. Um, you know, just, just be yourself. So, um, yeah, yeah. good thing about those two guys is they've played test cricket before. Um, they've gone back. They've you know, done really well in... Um, you know, state cricket and in Ash's case for Australia in white ball cricket. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a step up, but they're ready. Yeah, Ashton Agar and Matt Renshaw are set to return to the Test Arena tomorrow, as you mentioned. And as you heard from Pat Cummings, uh, Cam Green, the West Australian all-rounder, out with that uh, finger injury and also Mitchell Stark uh, being sidelined with injury as well. Just an interesting story, and it's a bit concerning, actually, for those people that follow the NFL. Their star safety... Uh, Damar Hamlin is reportedly in a critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital after collapsing in the middle of the game overnight. Now, Hamlin made a routine tankle on the Bengal star T. Higgins with the two appearing to clash helmets in the head. And the 24-year-old got back to his feet momentarily before stumbling and falling flat onto his back on the turf. Now, Former Bills player Coy Wire reacted to Damar Hamlin's injury. 
Let's have a listen to what he had to say. Never seen a response from a hit like that. Didn't seem to be any direct hit to the head or neck area. He, his head didn't even look like it got jostled all that much. Um, so I can't assume what type of injury this might be. Um, I'm worked up right now. I feel a lot of flashbacks. You know, I had multiple concussions in my nine years in the NFL where I didn't remember anything sometimes till the next day. Mm. Um, I also have a titanium plate and four screws in my neck from my time with the Buffalo Bills. But I think more than that, I was on the field two other times when other players were seriously hurt. One time when I was in college playing for Stanford, we were playing against the Washington Huskies and their safety came up to make a hit, much like DeMar. And um, he got paralyzed from the waist down. And then when I played for the Buffalo Bills, my teammate, Kevin Everett, we were covering a kickoff together and uh, he got paralyzed. So seeing those scenes, you know, kind of brings that back. Yeah. But trying to keep my composure for you, because I think it's important that we send prayers, think about DeMar, think about his family. I'm so proud that the NFL has suspended the game. Um, because cool. I think maybe 10 years ago, that might not have happened, Anderson. But yeah. what, with what we know, this, the importance placed on player safety nowadays, um, they stopped the game. I think that's progress. It's interesting, actually. While you were hearing there from Koya Wire, I was actually looking at the vision of the incident. And uh, all the players uh, went on one knee. Uh, that is team from both of the teams. The Bills, of course, uh, Damar's team and the Cincinnati side, and uh, there were a lot of plays, coaching staff, literally uncontrollable with tears. Uh, this is a significant story, uh, certainly in the United States, but around the world uh, with Damar Hamlin uh, in a critical condition. And I've just had a look at the incident, actually, and it's pretty – you wouldn't expect anything like that to transpire. It was a clash of helmets – but not as if it was significant uh, where all the players thought, gee, this is serious. All of a sudden, he got up on his feet momentarily and it seemed to be A-OK and then he collapsed once more. But uh, there was overpouring of emotion, certainly on the ground, as certainly the medical officials attended to the player in question. And, of course, then he was whisked away on an ambulance to the Cincinnati Hospital. So a significant story, particularly in the United States, where the NFL is so big as a sport. And with the concussion protocol in all sports these days, particularly ball sports and football codes, I think everybody was having a, a pretty close look on how this plays out. So we send our prayers to Damar Hamlin, and let's hope he has a, a recovery and a speedy one at that. All right, it's 10 past five, Sports Day with Peter Vlahos, uh, broadcasting from the Toolkit Depot studios here at Optus Stadium. You can join in any time on the Temper at Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Bedshed are the experts in Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases and check the range of Temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au or you can give us a call on the open line, 131255 for Kia the seven-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. Plenty coming your way. We've got tennis, we've got cricket, and we've got a bit of other sport as well. A real smorgasbord between now and six here on Sports Day. 
Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. I couldn't be happier that I managed to get my first win over Rafa on this court in front of you guys, because you guys are... I think there's no secret that this is my favourite court in the entire world, so thank you guys very much. As you're trying to serve that out, it's completely natural to have all these different scenarios coming in your head, but I try to think as little as possible. I just said to myself, see ball, hit ball, and... <laughs> It worked out. Yeah, good old Alex D. Menor. Uh, the 24-year-old claimed his first win over Rafael Nadal with that 3-6-6-1-7-5 triumph over the world number two in Australia's first leg against Spain in the United Cup uh, last night. They won't get through to the finals in Sydney. Uh, Italy will face either Poland or Switzerland in uh, tomorrow's Sydney finals. But let's focus on what's happened here. In Perth, as I mentioned, uh, the guest of Tennis West, it was great to go along today and witness firsthand the United Cup. It was Greece. Maria Sakari uh, sealed a Perth City final for the Greeks in that United Cup. She beat Elise Mertens of Belgium six one seven five, and then there were victories also in the men's singles and also the doubles. So clean sweep there for Greece. But a man that's been there right across it has been Brett Patton, the CEO of Tennis West. And he joins us here on the program this afternoon. Brett, thanks for your time and Happy New Year to you and everybody involved in the United Cup. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Happy New Year to you too. It was wonderful to have you there to watch. Well, you're a very patriotic uh, Greek <laughs> national, so it's good to have you in the box watching uh, your fellow colleagues and country people go about their business and really putting on a show here at the United Cup. Yeah, and there was a few people there certainly waving uh, the blue and white flag. But saying that, uh, I was talking to you just prior to taking my seat, that the Greeks have been a bit of a bonus for the United Cup here in Perth. Well, they certainly have. I mean, big Greek community, as you know, I think it's about fifteen or 20,000 uh, as part of that Greek community over here in Perth. And they just flood through. I mean, Stephanos, it's past Maria Sakari. It's been a real coup to get them across here to play at this year's United Cup. And, you know, they're global stars and they're certainly pulling the fans through the turnstiles here at the ROC Arena. And, and they've made it through to the final. So final tomorrow... Uh, with Stefanos Tsitsipas playing first or second up in the day session is going to be an absolute cracker. And that'll set up what's going to be a, a sensational night session as well. So the finals are played in the day session and then the second session, the night session in the afternoon, culminating in the presentation of the Perth medals for the United Cup section in Perth. So it's an exciting 24 hours ahead, Pete. Yeah, and they face either France or Croatia in the final, and that's being played this evening. Yeah, they do. Caroline Garcia, she's up against Petra Matic, and it's on serve. Caroline Garcia leading five games to four. It was a bit of a surprise last night with Croatia bursting out of the blocks and heading up two rubbers to love against the highly fancied French contingent. So I think it's all before the French team tonight. They are the fancies uh, to make it through to that final and potentially one of the one of the real fancies to take off the United Cup. But they're behind the eight ball at the moment, 0-2. But I think you know Caroline Garcia's got a good head-to-head against Martic and certainly at the top of her powers right now. And I would predict that she'll get over the top of Martic. We'll see how that plays out in the next hour, hour and a half. And, of course, Adrian Manorino 
from France, who's an absolute wondrous player with his left hand. He strings his racket at about 10k, which is about 20 pounds, mm-hmm. and uh, he's due to get on court second. So I'm predicting that he'll also potentially get through and forcing it to a very much live mixed doubles rubber between Croatia and France tonight. So tell us about the concept in a sense. As I mentioned, Italy will face either Poland or Switzerland in tomorrow's Brisbane finals. The USA, I gather, will play Great Britain in the Sydney final. And we've got Greece or Croatia uh, or France in the Perth finals. Now, the winner of those finals then head to the United Cup final four. Just tell us how that works. Yeah, correct. Final four being played in Sydney. So the winners of each state section will go through to move through to that final to be played in Sydney. And of course, there is four spots there and the three will move through. So it's the next best team across all those cities. And it's uh, based on wins. If it's not they're not clear cut in the wins, it'll go highest percentage on sets one and then games one. So um, there's still plenty to play for for those teams that potentially do not get through their state final, and then, but they will play all the way through to that live mixed doubles or even if the dead mixed doubles, they'll play all the way through. They're hoping that they can get as many wins on the board because they just might get that extra win that forces them into that fourth spot uh, in the final four semifinals to be played over in Sydney at the uh, Kenrose Arena um, through the 7th and 8th of January. So how does the United Cup final four work? Is it... Uh basically drawn out, that is the semi-finals, and then, of course, the winners go into the final. Just take us through how it all basically comes to a conclusion. Yeah, the winners go through. There's a higher seed, so whoever gets through, then it's all based on what their seeding was in the group stages, and and that'll be played out in the semi-final stages as well. So it, it basically, it's a knockout competition uh, from here on in, past the finals. So And they, whoever goes into the semi-finals, you know, the highest seed, as per the knockout rounds, they'll have the priority seeding. And, and, um, you know, like I said, there's some really terrific players, men's and women's. And can I just say, Pete, that the Greek team are really a surprise package for me. I mean, they've got through to that final, but their depth and their camaraderie and the way that they're actually combining as a, as a unit, as a team. I mean, we saw that today with uh, their youngest player, the number three singles player, come in, Stefanos. And you'll be able to better pronounce his last Sakalaridis. name. Yeah, Sakalaridis. Yeah, Sakalaridis. Yeah. They're 800-odd in the world, but uh, that was his highest... That was his best-performed match on an ATP tour, defeating you know, Bergs, who's about 129 in the world. He gets an additional $25,000 in prize money and a whole bunch of ranking points. But I think that win was really built on the, the fact that the Greek team are so close. They, um, they do everything together. They practice together. They eat together. They you know almost get out there and play together. And, and it was just a wonderful moment for young Stefanos. He calls himself the baby Steph because, obviously, <laughs> Stefanos sits a pass. He's the number one man. But, gee, was, it was just great to see this young kid starting to you know, hit his straps. He's about six foot six, 18, 19 years of age. So, you know, we've known over many, many years of watching the Hotman Cup that if you play well in Perth at the start of the summer, that really does lead into a sensational Australian summer of tennis. So, you know, they've been the surprise packet for me. We yeah. always know the pedigree of Sitsipas and Sakari, but there are other players too that are carrying the load. Yeah, when the 18-year-old actually won, uh, he was embraced as if they'd won the uh, Australian Open uh, title. It actually, it was uh, quite emotive, uh, everybody jumping on board. Saying that, of course, he stayed out for ages, getting selfies and signing autographs. He made the most of the moment. But one thing that I can recommend he needs to get done, I think he needs to get a haircut. <laughs> I think he needs to get a haircut. It's bloody long, isn't it? Yeah, it's halfway down his back, but what a character he is. It's a funny, funny story, though. He, he greeted all the players as they came and arrived in Perth, you know, around Christmas and Boxing Day. And 
he just appeared out of nowhere. And of course, I didn't know too much about Stephanos. And he just jumped up to me. He didn't have any racket bags or any bags. And he, he said, I'm here for the United Cup. And I thought he was a tourist, to be fair. And so we sort of had to scurry around to see exactly who he was. And then he disappeared. Then I see him in a press conference. And he's sitting behind Steph, uh, Sitspass. And he was waving at me. And then I said, well, where'd you go? You sort of just ghosted us. So he made his way back to the hotel with his sister in a taxi. So yeah, he's an intriguing player. He plays about 48, 49 weeks of the year. He plays a lot of tennis and uh, wonderful to see him get his real first big win here at the United Cup in Perth. It's certainly uh, a win he won't forget. Yeah, and I saw him make a beeline uh, to shake your hand as well as he was departing the RAC Arena. So we're on the verge of what is going to be an exciting month of tennis. I think everybody's getting excited about the Australian Open. Hopefully 2023 will be a COVID-free year when it comes to tennis and other sporting events. It's starting to heat up now, isn't it, Brett? Oh, sure is. And this year, the Australian Open, you know, it's going to be the biggest, the best, I think, that the Tennis Australia would have put on as far as the activations out there at Melbourne Park, first and second week. And there's a lot of tennis to be played between now and sort of the conclusion uh, of January. And exciting times. Great to have Novak Djokovic. Love him or hate him. He's back in the country again and he's gunning for, you know, what is going to be sort of almost a record-breaking Australian Open for him if he can get to win. He loves his tournament. He certainly plays his best at the Australian Open. He's hunting down Rafael Nadal. And fair to say that Rafa's probably hasn't got off to the start that he would have liked losing to Alex Gimenez at the United Cup and also Cameron Norrie from Great Britain. So he's a little bit behind the eight ball, Rafa and Bell. But there's one thing we do know about Rafa is you certainly cannot write him off. And I think the women's Australian Open is as wide open as I've seen. You know, he's Firetech from Poland coming in as the number one seed. Best player, form player in the world at the moment. But gee whiz, I reckon you could probably throw a blanket over about four or five for the best women to see, you know, who's going to win this year's Australian Open in the women's section. Mm. And as we let you go, Brett, of course, flying the flag for WA Tennis. How many West Australians do you think we might be lucky enough to see in the main draw? We know that a couple need to go through qualifying. Yeah, we do. Talia Gibson's been given a wild card, which is fantastic. She's had an outstanding ITF tour throughout 2022, and it's great recognition for the hard work and her performance. Of course, Taylor Preston. Young Taylor got given a wild card into the qualifying at the Australian Open last year and, and got through the second round of qualifying. I think that she'd be in line for that again. Stormy Sanders will get through in the doubles. Maddie Ebden, of course. Uh, Tristan Scorgate will probably get into the qualifying. So, you know, there's there's some hope that we get maybe four, if not five, WA players playing in the main draw at the Australian Open this year. But certainly they'll be showing their wares in the qualifying leading into the Australian Open. But... Um, you know, Maddie Inglis as well. We've got Astra Sharma. You know, they're all sort of primed to play in this year's Australian Open with a little bit of luck and some good form along the way between now and the Aussie Open. So, a lot to get excited about from WA Tennis, but, you know, more so, you know, we're just really looking forward to the Australian Open getting underway. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, Brett. Uh, of course, real passionate about tennis as the CEO of Tennis West. Uh, I'll let you go back and have a look at the tie that's currently underway between France and Croatia. You may want to give us an update. How's it going? Yeah, Garcia currently leading six games to five on serve. Martek serving 15 love. So lots to play for here for um, both of these teams. So, you know, one of them is going to go through to that that, uh, that bottom end final to play Greece tomorrow. Good on you, Brett. Thanks for your time. And then again, thanks for the invitation today. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Always a pleasure, Pete. Thanks for your support. Good on you. Brett Patton joining us, the CEO of Tennis West. And if you haven't got your ticket, maybe you can sneak into the final tomorrow. It should be a beauty, actually. Uh, Great atmosphere. It is a great venue. I know it was about 36 degrees in Perth today, but it was so cool inside RAC Arena. Didn't feel the heat at all. The roof was open, actually, but you just didn't feel any of the heat because the actual stadium 
is air-conditioned. So uh, it is very comfortable to watch uh, sport there at RAC Arena. 26 past five, uh, you're tuned to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos, and you can get on the temper of bedshed text machine 0487 736 736, or you can get on the... Uh, open line thirteen twelve fifty five for Kia, the seven seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Just quickly, some other quick sports headlines for tyre power: buy three and get one free on selected Falcon All Terrain tyres at your local tyre power. We've brought you up to date with what's happened in the United Cup. Novak Djokovic says he holds no grudges over his deportation drama last summer, but admits his journey to Australia this year felt different because of the circumstances surrounding his visa cancellation prior to the 2022 Australian Open. He got things underway last night at the Adelaide International, dropping just nine points on serve in a 6-3-6-2 win over Constant Lestien. And Cricket Australia is toasting a billion-dollar bonanza, but fans are set to cash in, with Channel 7 continuing as the home of summer cricket until at least 2031 under a new broadcast rights agreement. In a big win for Cricket Lovers 7 Plus, will for the first time stream the cricket online, live and free. And the new seven-year agreement, which kicks off in the summer of 24-25, takes in two Ashes series, two five-test Indian tours to Australia. And as part of the $65 million per year deal, the Men's Big Bash League will be shortened with Cricket Australia promising increased player availability, greater proportion of primetime matches and stronger alignment with school holidays. And the women's internationals, including multi-format series against India, England and South Africa and the WBBL will also remain on seven, a deal worth about $1.5 billion. Speaking of cricket, we'll speak to Perth Scorchers star batsman Cam Bancroft after the break, leading up to the Scorchers' next assignment against the Sydney Thunder here at Optus Stadium tomorrow night. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yeah, great to have you company. It is Sports Day, the first one of the new year, 2023. Happy New Year, everybody, from everybody and the team here at Sports Day. Cam Bancroft will join us in just a moment. But tomorrow, if you're coming to Optus Stadium to see the BBL match, uh, the world-class Optus Stadium will turn rainbow tomorrow, uh, being uh, Wednesday the 4th of January, when the Scorchers hold their first ever MBBL Pride match against Sydney Thunder, and players will celebrate the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex and asexual community and champion their inclusion in the Perth Scorchers family by wearing rainbow colours in the form of hat pins, multicoloured shoelaces, sweatbands and socks that have been tie-dyed. So that's happening uh, tomorrow, uh, a special occasion for the uh, certainly LGBTQIA plus community, uh, the first ever MBBL match between 
the Perth Scorchers and the Sydney Thunder. There is a game underway. It is the Melbourne Derby uh, between the Melbourne Stars and the Melbourne Renegades being played at the MCG. It is match 27 in BBL 12. And it was the Melbourne Stars who won the toss and elected to bowl. And currently after almost 18 overs, the Renegades are five. In fact, they've just lost a wicket, hence the pause. They've just lost a wicket. Will Sutherland was out. Court Clark bowled Wood for six. It's now six for 122. Six for 122. They are currently travelling. Uh, Mackenzie Harvey is not out. 20, the top score jointly. Sean Marsh made 34. Uh, I should say 32 off 35 balls. And Martin Guptill, uh, of course, a New Zealander at the top of the order, made 32 off 27 balls with two fours and a six. Marshy, by the way, hit four boundaries in the 35-ball stay. Well, a man who played very well, he scored 46 from 32 balls in the Scorchers' five-wicket win against the Renegades the other day is Cam Bancroft, and he joins us here on the program. This is Sports Day, wherever you may be listening. Uh, thanks for joining us, Cam. No worries, Pete. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to catch up with you again. Well done the other day. That was a, a nice knock, 46 from 32, leading the Scorchers to another victory, sitting nice at the top of the table. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was really good. Um, nice to, yeah, I guess, get out in the in the middle and, and, um, and have some fun. So, um, no, it was good, obviously, playing some, some nice cricket. It was, yeah, nice to keep that momentum going, um, you know, the other, the other day. So, um, that was really pleasing. Interesting from you, we've uh, come to know you as an opening batsman in all forms of uh, the uh, game, that is the long form and even the short form. But at the moment, uh, Lythe and Duplessis are opening the batting for the Perth Scorchers. You're coming in at number three. Uh, you've sort of had a few appearances, a few non-appearances. How are you handling all that? Oh, yeah, obviously, you know, it's always more fun being out in the middle and, and playing, so... Um, you know, naturally, obviously, um, you know that's where I'd like to be. But um, yeah, due to due to the the circumstances, that hasn't been the case. So um, yeah, look, I've just tried to, I guess, be as ready as I can. And um, you know, if, when an opportunity was going to come, which you know was always going to be at some stage, um, you know, hopefully, you know, be as ready as I can to to be able to go out and and contribute. So um, yeah, look, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think it was yeah, I guess it was just nice to. Be able to, um, you know, I guess um, be ready and, and take that opportunity the other day. So, um, you know, that's all I can do at the end of the day. I reckon the best games so far in BBL 12 have been staged here at Optus Stadium. And I'll tell you why, and you probably agree. You know, scores around about 130, 114 keep the game very open. And, of course, if you're chasing that total, uh, you're in with a go. And of all, and if you bowl well, you're in with a go as well. Better than maybe matches where, you know, a team may score 180, 190 and the uh, team batting second gets rolled for 100. 10 or 120 and it's got no chance of running down that total but I think the three games so far here at the Stadium have had a lot of interest haven't they? Yeah it's always it definitely has and it's almost been um, almost like classic Perth cricket really like um, back at in the times at the Wacker um, like the amount of times where we would you know have to defend like a really low score 120 or 130 it happened quite a lot so um, for some reason they sort of seem to keep um, eventuating um, but yeah it's certainly sometimes they're, they're not easy easy chases um, you you know you lose a couple of wickets and all of a sudden the, 
you know the tables can turn really quickly. But um, yeah, I think for the for the fans, like they've been really loud, and um, and obviously it's because you know the game's been really tight and interesting. So um, I think it's been good for the big bash, and um, you know hopefully um, you know there can be plenty more games like that, and we can um, you know win them all. So um, no, it's, it's been it's been really good, really now, interesting. Now there's one change tomorrow. Congratulations to Ashton Agar, who looks like. Maybe getting a berth in the Australian team for the third test against South Africa uh, starting tomorrow. Hamish McKenzie is a left-arm wrist spinner. He looks like getting his opportunity for the Scorchers in the absence of Agar tomorrow night. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Hamish. Yeah, he's a, a left-arm um, left wrist spinner. Um, you know, he's really been his almost first taste of professional cricket this year. So, um, you know, he's got a contract with WA and um and obviously due to Mitch Marsh's injury, um you know, he's got an opportunity to come into the squad but um yeah, look really talented talented kid. Um he's taken lots of wickets in, in grade cricket over the last sort of few years and um I think what's been, you know, really pleasing is um in such a short period of time being able to watch how he's sort of learn and, and um learned about his his bowling um and and that's why he's here today to you know get an opportunity in, um during this tournament so um spins the ball both ways and um you know he won't stick his tongue out like hoggy or, or anything like that <laughs> um bring that same energy he's a very different character but um you know I think he's someone that's really exciting to watch so look if he gets an opportunity um you know, to be really great um, for him and his family, and um, you know, the public to see another another wrist spinner in WA cricket. Tell us about the characters, uh, a couple of the internationals or the imports that you've got uh, in the side in Faf and Adam at the top of the order. What are they like? Um, yeah, they're both very, um, you know, very experienced cricketers. Um, you, know, you just watch the way they conduct themselves and how they prepare, and you, you can definitely tell that. They've obviously um, been around the traps a while, and they know their game. And um, you know, listening to them to them speak, um, you know, around the group, especially Faf. Um, you know, obviously he's had a lot of international experience. It's just it's really good for us to to learn and and listen to um, you know the things that he picks up in games of cricket and how we can use them to uh, you know to improve as a team ourselves. So um, yeah, look, we've been really fortunate to to have those two guys with us. Um, you know, and hopefully I can, you know, just add a little bit, um, you know, to our cricket moving forward. So it's been really great. It's going to be an interesting match tomorrow night. When you consider the Sydney Thunder early in BBL were rolled for 15, all out for 15. And here they are now. They've won three on the trot and are sitting just behind the Perth Scorchers. So it's changed dramatically for them, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And, and that's the thing about this tournament. It can, um, you know, it can change really quickly. And, um, you know, we... we you know, like all teams, you you, un, you really learn the value of momentum, I guess, in this tournament when when you've got it. I guess being able to treasure it and hold on to it for as long as you can. So, um, look, Sydney Thunder, I, even though they got rolled for 15, they're still a really good side, and um, and and obviously they've been able to find a little bit of form. So, you know, we have to play really well. Um, you know, and hopefully we can keep doing the things that have um, allowed us to win games so far and I'm sure they'll give us a really good chance tomorrow. <laughs> what was your reaction? You may have seen it or you may have heard after when you saw a professional side get rolled for 15. It would have happened at the Willerton under-12s or something like that, but you wouldn't have think it would have happened in BBL. Uh, how did you see it? Um, wow, well, it was it was just absolutely incredible. I mean, I've... <laughs> 
in in my like life, there was um, a couple of guys I played A grade cricket with at, at Willison, and they um, they both went to Aquinas College, and in a, in a game of Darwin Cup, I think they bowled Christchurch out for nine. So um, it's the two guys that are listening. Um, <laughs> that, that, I'm sure they'll be fist pumping, going, "Yeah, we've done better than that." But um, yeah, absolutely incredible, and like you never you never see um, yeah anything like it. But um, yeah. yeah, I guess it's just just one of those things. A bad nightmare. Brush it off. Move on. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And you know, as a batsman, sometimes you just nick everything. And I think that was the case for the Sydney yeah. Thunder on that night. And there's other days where you play and miss numerous times. And you don't get a feather on it. It's just one of those uh, circumstances, really? one of the little uniquenesses about cricket. Saying tomorrow, uh, going tomorrow now, Cam Bancroft, uh, a big game, a Sydney Thunder, Optus Stadium, gets underway at six o'clock. And of course, uh, it is a pride match. So uh, you'll be decked out with a bit of rainbow colours tomorrow night. Yep, yep. We, um, yeah, we'll be rocking up to the ground um, in, I guess, a little bit different uh, attire to what. Um, formally we normally do um, so that'll be a little bit of fun hopefully look out for that and um, you know see who's the, the best dressed and the most flamboyant so I'm um, not quite sure what I'm going to be repping <laughs> but um, I'll have to think about it overnight uh, and hopefully make it exciting and I guess um, yeah just uh, yeah I guess it's just about bringing some awareness um, into that space and um, you know I guess that's what um, we, we're fortunate enough to be able to to do in our, our our industry, so um, yeah, it should be good fun and um, for, for all involved. Yeah, that should be a, a terrific night. Looking forward to it. The weather's going to be 30, I think 37 tomorrow, so it's going to be a nice balmy night at Optus Stadium. Mm. Gets underway at 6.15. Of course, I'll be joined at the microphone by uh, Brad Hogg tomorrow uh, here at Optus Stadium to bring you the coverage. You've got the thunder tomorrow night and the heat who are struggling a bit on Saturday, so it's good that you've got a couple of games back-to-back at home. Cam Bancroft, good luck. Well done the other day and go get them tomorrow night. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Good on you. Cam Bancroft joining us here on Sports Day. Uh, all thanks to our friends at Temper at Bedshed. Text machine 0487 736 736. And we're here also for the Kia, uh, seven-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. Broadcasting live from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium. Uh, let's just update before we take a break on the Melbourne Derby uh, between the Renegades and the Stars. The Renegades, seven for 139, two balls remaining. Mackenzie Harvey is the man that's got them to there. He's 30 not out of 21 balls. He's at two fours and one six coming in to the side in the middle order. He's on 30, and Tom Rogers, the other batsman, one not out. It's a quarter to six. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Peter Vlahos with you, Sports Day, and no doubt the Perth Wildcats will return to the RAC Arena on the 10th of January. They play the New Zealand Breakers at the moment. Uh, they are The next game, by the way, is this Saturday against the Sydney Kings in Sydney. They can't get on to RAC Arena because we've got the United Cup being played there 
at this point in time. But uh, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickertech.com.au now to pick up your tickets for that match against the New Zealand Breakers on Tuesday, the 10th of January, gets underway at 6.30. We're here for Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV, and uh, you can join us anytime on Sports Day. People listening on 657 here in Perth, uh, the beds, uh, temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Well, as we know, the third and final test of the summer gets underway tomorrow. It's Australia against South Africa. And, of course, it's the pink test. And as we know, Glenn McGrath has been the ambassador, the patron of uh, the pink test in Sydney, which has raised an enormous amount of money over the years for breast cancer after losing, of course, uh, his first wife to that terrible disease. This is what he said today. Well, I probably can share less because he's, he's in amongst it, but my, I can give you my thoughts on it. I think, uh, you know, there, there's a... The choice between you know Scotty Boland, Josh Hazelwood, and um, Lance Morris to fill two spots. My gut feel is they'll, you know, they have to stick with Scotty Boland. He's just been an absolute uh, champion the way he started his Test career. Uh, so it'd be you know sad to see him left out. Josh Hazelwood, I think, deserves to come straight back in the team. He's been injured. He you know, he wants a bit of uh, Test match practice under his belt or form under his belt leading into the India series which is coming up in the not too, too distant future um, so yeah unfortunately I think Lance Morris will be left out but you know everyone wants to see him play you know 150 kilometers an hour plus the, the wild thing they call him he is something special so sooner or later the Australian public will see more of him uh, but I think they'll take two spinners into this game which mean they'll take uh, Take just the uh, the two quicks plus Paddy, or three quicks with Paddy Cummins. There you go. That's uh, Glenn McGrath, of course, will be front and centre when the pink test gets underway uh, tomorrow at the SCG. Now, the forecast for Sydney is nothing flash. Uh, there may be a few interruptions due to rain. In fact, a mate of mine who was intending to go to the SCG to watch the test match against uh, Australia and South Africa, saying, uh, Pete, just have a look at the weather. I'm not sure we'll see a lot of test cricket. So to forecast for tomorrow, uh, they're expecting 5 to 15 mils of rain. Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy morning, then becoming cloudy in the afternoon, 90% chance of showers in the afternoon and evening, and also the chance of a thunderstorm. So that's Wednesday. Thursday, they're looking at 2 to 15 mils. Friday, zero to eight mils. And then on Saturday, the fourth day's play uh, gets a little bit better. Zero to three mils and just partly cloudy with 20% chance of forecast on the fifth day. If it gets that far, maybe it will get to the fifth day because I reckon tomorrow and Thursday, the first two days of the test match, could be interrupted uh, by rain. As I mentioned, five to 15 mils forecast for Sydney tomorrow. Uh, top of 26 degrees and the weather could come in uh, after lunch. So they'll probably get underway, but uh, there will be some interruptions, you'd have to say, around the SCG tomorrow for the third and final test of the series between Australia and South Africa. Just in soccer in the UK, uh, an amazing result. Uh, Brentford, who have only been in the Premier League in the last couple of seasons, recorded a 3-1 win at home against the highly fancied Liverpool side. It's their very first win against the Merseyside Giants since 1938. 1938. 
One wonders uh, what's happened to Liverpool this season. Brentford three, Liverpool one. And I saw this match last night because I, I've got a real interest naturally to see how Ange Postacoglu goes as the manager of Celtic and see if he can make it back-to-back Scottish championships. It was Rangers two, Celtic two. And it probably means now that Rangers need a bit of a miracle to beat uh, Celtic for the 2022-23 Scottish Premiership title after the top scorer in Kyogo buried an 88th-minute equaliser to prevent a much-needed Rangers victory in the traditional year-opening Old Firm derby. Certainly a terrific match. Celtic were up 1-0. Rangers did well straight after halftime, scoring two very quick goals. And then that equaliser coming in the 88th minute for Celtic. So they still remain nine points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership. Thanks for joining us today. As I said, Happy New Year. Sports Day is back. Tomorrow I'll broadcast from our broadcast position in Adopter Stadium before our broadcast of the BBL match between the Perth Scorchers and also the Sydney Thunder. We'll have a couple of guests popping in. So that's from five tomorrow, all thanks to Kia and the seven-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. Thanks, Paul Heath. See you tomorrow from five.